does not get any better than this. In Elk Grove, we're going to ask for your help in sending these runners off as we count them down from five, four, three, two, one. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Vel News podcast. I am Fred Dreyer. I am joined today from downtown Sacramento by Kaylee Fretz and Kristen Legan. And we are in town for the Amgen Tour of California, Breakaway from Heart Disease Empowered with, with SRAM. SRAM. Not by SRAM, with SRAM. Women's Tour of California. Uh, very special race. This entire podcast is going to be dedicated to this. Um, in fact, we were going to call this podcast the um, Vel News Podcast Empowered by gin- uh, Empowered by Gingivitis. No, Breakaway <laughs> from Gingivitis, Empowered by Paps Blue Ribbon, because we are powered by Paps Blue Ribbon here. And we've broken away from Gingivitis. We have broken. Well, some of us are still in the process of breaking away. Brushing your teeth. Brush your teeth, kids. Um, but we have a lot to get to. We are currently podcasting during stage three and just yesterday stage two we saw a really exciting finish domestic racer katie hall from the united healthcare team dropped the reigning olympic champion anna vanderbregen on the big climb of the day at lake tahoe and took the win as well as the race lead and now she has a real challenge ahead of her because she just has a three second cushion on Vanderbregen heading into the last two stages which are flat but there are time bonuses on the line so I think a good way to kick this off is let's hear from let's hear from the woman herself Katie Hall what she has to say hi my name is Katie Hall from United Healthcare Pro Cycling Team and can you tell us what you did yesterday I won a bike race <laughs> congratulations uh, thank you very much <laughs> Let's talk about winning that bike race. Is this what you expected? I mean, you came in with uh, with really good form. Yeah. Uh, the races before this proved that. Mm-hmm. But is this what you expected to, to take it to bowls like that? Uh, I didn't expect it, but I knew I wanted to try. And we haven't really gone up against the Europeans yet this year, so we had no idea. We knew we were going good in America, but we had no comparison. So we gave it a try. Do you feel like you have a bit of an advantage uh, racing in the U.S. against the European teams? Yeah. I mean, even against American women like Megan Garnier or altitude, wide roads, do you feel like you have yeah. an advantage? Yeah, I think uh, also not being jet lagged, uh, <laughs> yeah, being in my home state, like I drove I drove in. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I think I struggle sometimes in Europe with the narrow roads and the big bunches, and so this is easier for me for sure. You got two stages ahead of you now. Yeah. Uh, we're actually probably going to be publishing this after today, so yeah. We, at that point, we'll know what, what has happened. Yeah. Uh, you have a, a slim margin slim. and some uh, time bonuses up for grabs. Yeah. Can you tell us how you plan to defend your slim margin? Um, yeah, we're going to just uh, race as hard as we can. I think both Anna and I are not fantastic sprinters, so we'll see what happens today. She is really, really, really strong. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to race our bikes. You're just going to follow around? Uh, some of the time, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like her to go nowhere without me. <laughs> uh, what kind of confidence does this give you heading into, you know, 
big European races, uh, yeah. other major stage races? Um, yeah, good confidence. We're really, we have some good momentum on this team, not just at this race, but so far this season. We have a really strong bunch of girls and we really have had success playing off each other. And yeah, we'll hope, uh, hope to continue that. Yeah, I mean, it, it did seem like the team was was really vital yeah. for yesterday's ride. Oh, it is. Uh, talk to me about who in particular was was really important. It looked to me like Ruth was definitely up yeah. there. Yeah, the whole team, every single person did something awesome. We have to go to the start. Um, sorry. <laughs> I will you, let you go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Kristen, you were at the finish line yesterday up in Lake Tahoe. I'm curious, what was the scene like? How hard was that climb? And what was your just general assessment of how things went down from talking to some of these women? Yeah, Tahoe was awesome. It was, uh, tons of people were out. The The crowd was out, but um, the, the race itself was one of the most exciting I've actually ever seen or got to, I didn't actually get to see it because it's not being broadcast live but following along on Twitter it was uh, pretty interesting in the press room but it's a uh, it was a really cool finish because they had one really big climb that they've uh, that the tour of California has never put in the race before so it was a new new experience for all of the riders um, and it was a really steep long climb where all of the action started happening um, Anna van der Bregen Katie Hall and actually Corinne Rivera got into this three three woman break um, Corinne couldn't hold the hold in the group so she actually floated back down to the the chasing group which include uh, the current race race leader yesterday uh, Megan Guarnier and um, so anyways Anna and Katie battled it up battled um, up over that climb they descended down and then they had the final finishing climb which they had done the day before and that is where Megan and, and Anna had put a gap into everybody else so everybody was just assuming that Anna was going to be able to just go all the way to the finish take the win and then take the leader's jersey but it was a really exciting hearing you know Katie Hall she fell off the back a little bit on the descent or on the flat at the bottom then she bridged back up to Anna got ahead of her sprinted up the really steep climb and was able to put a little bit of a gap in over Anna and then was able to um she had just enough to get the the yellow jersey so it was really exciting yeah this team is just they're crushing it right now and and like you said Kristen they don't get a chance to race the top squads of the women's world tour week in and week out so the fact that they're here to battle against Bulls Dolmans the best women's team in the world um, presents just a really interesting challenge and Earlier today, I had an interview with um, UHC's team director, Rachel Heal, talking about how they prepared to do battle with Bulls Dolmans, why the team's been on such a tear this spring, and also you know, how they're going to try to maintain the lead going forward the next couple days. Because we have some flat stages going forward, but there are time bonuses on the line. They're battling against Anna Vanderbregen, who knows how to win races. Um, so yeah, let's check in with Rachel Heal. Rachel, we're at the start of the third stage of the Amgen Tour of California, and you guys have the race lead. Um, take me through your emotional state yesterday <laughs> as you watched uh, your rider, Katie Hall, um, attack and take the win. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not even sure how to describe it. Um, yeah. It, it was incredible. I mean, she's she's such a strong rider. Um, we'd, we'd said before the race that the perfect scenario for us was Katie solo over the top of the climb and Ruth and Taylor in a in a, the next group behind and we were we were one rider away from from actually achieving that you know Katie just had Anna with her um, when Anna attacked um, 
then yeah a little bit a little bit nervous there I mean Anna's an incredible rider so there aren't there aren't many times when she attacks and you can bring her back so then it was just keeping Katie focused um, and she just kept gritted her teeth and kept going um, didn't didn't give up you know just kept going all the way to the line and and uh, she realized that that Anna was starting to uh, starting to fade quickly so I think then she put her head down even more and yeah caught and passed Anna and kept going all the way to the line so far you guys have been the team this year in domestic racing you won the Tour the Gila and the uh, Redlands Bicycle Classic you know what can you say about the the reasons for the success this year with, with the squad teamwork 100% teamwork we have a a group of riders that are 100% committed to working for each other and they don't care who wins as long as it's someone in blue so i think that that's you know a huge amount of our success is that they their willingness and ability to ride for each other you know the, there's a in uh, in a couple of the races we've swapped swapped the lead from one rider to another and uh, you know they they're happy to do that so i think teamwork is is key so let's talk about the challenge then for the rest of the race. There's two flatter stages. There's time bonuses. Anna van der Breggen, very cagey racer. How how are you you know talking to the team about how to protect Katie's lead? Um, I mean the it's like I said it's all about teamwork you know and so the team is yeah it's a, it's a tough ask for sure it's a tough ask but then I think if you'd asked anyone you know at the start of stage two could Bowles be beaten most people would have said no and and we did it so uh, you know the team has has had a huge amount of success in the US this year and to to still be able to form, perform and get that success when you know the biggest biggest European teams in the world come over and, and race over here is fantastic. Yeah, what can you say about the challenge of preparing to race a team like Bulls Dolmas? Obviously, they have this huge amount of success over in Europe. You guys don't see them week in and week out. What did you tell the team about how to prepare for this squad? Um, I think just race as we keep racing. Um, you know, I think we we always race to win. Um, and you know, I had the the confidence that the the riders had the strength that they needed. I mean, you know, Bowls are an amazing team, but they've still got two arms and two legs. You know, they're still bike riders, the same as the same as other teams. And so it it was a lot of you know, race our own race plan. You know, race how how we want to race, how we would normally race. And yeah, we were able to to go up against the best in the world. Um, what's the Katie Hall story? What can you tell me about her, uh, her background and how she came to the team and how you recruited her to the team? Um, she's, I mean, for, for all her success, she's still pretty new. She's been racing um, racing at this level for four years. Um, we were the, the first team that, that signed her. She was an amateur rider. Um, and we, we spotted her from kind of the more local races that she had some strength and some talent. And so she... Uh, yeah, we brought her onto the team, and she's—I think she's exceeded everybody's expectations. You know, she's she's always been a been strong, been a really good climber, but I think she's really developed herself into a you know into a great bike racer. What do you see her potential as? Looking, you know, looking at where she is now, where she still has room to improve. What could she accomplish? Um, ah, who knows? I mean, she's—you know—she's already proving herself to be one of the best stage racers in the U.S., and I think she could go on to continue that on the world stage. You know, Rachel, every year I come to this race, and I, I ask for a sort of a health checkup on women's racing in the United States in terms of the number of teams, the number of races. How would you assess sort of the, the health checkup of women's uh, racing right now for this year? I think the, the U.S. currently has more UCI-registered teams than it's ever had before, and I think more than any other country. So it's, 
now. I, I think the the state of women's racing in the U.S. is is good and it's getting better. Um, this this race for sure has has grown every year, and you know to be its second year on the world tour, it's. I think last year was a you know was slightly smaller. Now we've got way more European teams, way more of the bigger teams that have come over. So it's a, you know it, it's really growing in stature. You know, losing Philly was a huge blow for the women's peloton this year. How have you changed your schedule, and how how have you as a team uh, dealt with losing Philly? Um, obviously, you know, Philly was a iconic race. It, you know, it was a big race in the U.S. But we you know we have to focus on the races that are that are here and not not dwell on the ones that aren't so it would be, you know it'd be fantastic if Philly comes back next next year but it means we you know we put our focus on to to this race became this way race was already a target it was already a huge race um you know we now go on to Winston-Salem from here and then um North Star and the national championships so yeah we 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 do miss Philly Philly would be a, a great one but we just you know we're, we're focused on the rest of the races that are here what uh, what advice did you give the gals for today? Like, what's the game plan for today for <laughs> the big stage? And one of the biggest things is enjoy it. I mean, they you know they they know what they're doing with bike racing. They know the riders they need to watch. They know they they know the tactics that they need to uh, you know need to execute. So it's really about enjoy it. I mean, you've put yourself in this amazing position by a fantastic ride yesterday. So make the most of it. I think there are a few different interesting dynamics at play here. One of which is that, you know, we, a, a month ago, we were all over in Belgium and it was the biggest races of the season. And all these races are these power races, short, punchy, powerful climbs, highly technical climbs, very strategic. And now here we are, we are up at Lake Tahoe. Well, we're not up at Lake Tahoe, but the riders are up at Lake Tahoe. It's, it's a totally different style of racing. It's long, grinding climbs. There's altitude. The roads are wide. And it was really interesting to see Vanderbregen like, do what we kind of expected she would do, which is string it out and start dropping people. But that effort, it's just a different type of effort. This isn't climbing the Cowberg. This isn't climbing the Muir. Like, you pay for those big, long efforts, and Katie Hall was able to regroup and get her on the, the kick to the finish. Well, and Anna has never raced at altitude. They were up into 7,000 feet, 6,000 feet in elevation, and so she didn't know how she was going to respond to that, so she might have put in the same effort she would have down you know, a little bit closer to sea level where she's from, from Holland. Um, and then it just backfired on that last uh, climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. We spoke with um, Nicola Cranmer of the Show Air 2020 team, and she talked a lot about this race and its importance within the American calendar, but she, she was also somewhat critical of Bulls and uh, Van der Bregen's tactics yesterday. Let's, uh, let's have a listen. I'm Nicola Cranmer and I'm the owner general manager of Show Air 2020 and we're here at the Amgen Tour of California. I think the um, at the Amgen Tour of California the US based women's teams, the UCI teams are showing to be a lot stronger this year. Um, you know, and that's just part of the development process. I think compared to years past, uh, the Americans have been right up there for sure. Um, you know, of course Megan's been racing in Europe, but the domestic Americans have been really close, but um, this year they've taken it to another level, as we saw yesterday when uh, Katie Hall beat Anna Vanderbregen on uh, stage two, and uh, big mistake by Anna on that one. She was only she was 30 seconds ahead of Katie, and all she needed to do was sit on her wheel and ride in, but instead she attacked her, and of course the altitude is um, it kind of levels out the playing field for um, the Americans versus the Europeans. I mean, the Americans have been up at altitude training. Um, 
there's you know there's some opportunities to race at altitude in America and a lot of the Europeans don't have that especially this time of year um, coming off the spring classics you know which is at sea level so yeah I mean the altitude and the terrain does sort of level it out a little bit no I was watching that on the uh, I was watching the highlights too and I was like well she's going for it you know Vandenberg it's going for it well she, she didn't take like- it into consideration that the altitude is going to kick her butt yeah. you know um, she's certainly stronger I think than Katie Hall um, in general yeah. of course because she's uh, doing phenomenally but it was it was an interesting move um, she, she could have just sat on her wheel coming in and still been ahead in the GC by 30 seconds um, sounds like you guys have some some, some injuries coming into this yeah, race. Yeah, we do. I mean, last year we ended up with uh, three ri- or yeah, three riders in the top five GC, and we won the team time trial and a couple podiums along the way. So it's a you know after Rio, it's a big reset for us. Um, a lot of our girls raced on the track this year. We you know are a good home for the multidiscipline athlete. Um, we give the athletes a lot of latitude to sort of be flexible with the season. So. You know, it, we pay for it sometimes um, in the early uh, stage races. We've got, we're out with a few injuries. We've got three riders injured at the moment that would have been, you know, a strong factor in this race, but that's okay. It's um, just given us an opportunity to put in some of the younger, less experienced riders and, you know, what a great platform for them to get some incredible experience against best riders in the world. I mean, it's as close as you're going to come in the United States to racing against a European peloton, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, like I said before, I mean, when the Europeans come here, the the playing field gets leveled out a little bit. There's a different rhythm to the racing. The roads are different. The roads, you know, are a lot wider here, typically. Um, Not so much in Tahoe, per se, but the rhythm's different. So, you know, it's, it's hard when the Americans go over there to Europe sporadically and race and mostly are very dominated by the Europeans, but it, it does change it when they come here. It does kind of put really good American performances in, your, in Europe into perspective, though, because it shows how hard it is to perform sort of far from your own yeah. native land and, and what you're used to, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, we encourage our athletes when it's, when it's time for them to sort of, we kick them out the nest and get them to Europe as soon as possible. And, um, you know, it's a lot of Americans can transition to it, but honestly, most can't. Um, it's a very different lifestyle. It's a really easy living in America. I mean, I grew up in England and it's, you've got it easy here. Um, and it's tough being in Europe just by virtue of the weather sometimes and just language differences and it's really challenging. So yeah, I mean, Megan used to be on my team. She was actually on the team for a couple couple years and, you know, I couldn't have been happier when I saw her make that commitment. Um, to go to Europe and it took her to a whole nother level, of course. So one of the other big storylines every time we come to California, obviously, is the American riders. And the biggest American rider right now is still Megan Guarnier. Uh, and I was just corrected on how to say her name. Yeah, we've been morning. saying Guarnier this whole time. And yeah. she told us explicitly Guarnier. <laughs> Guarnier, yes. So Megan Guarnier, uh, she is actually returning from a a bad head injury that she suffered at Hageland earlier this year. Um, she did race the Ardennes, uh, but this is sort of her, it's sort of her return to real top level racing in terms of, I think she, she's finally over this concussion. So we caught up with Megan to basically ask her about how this race is going. You know, we saw her win that one stage, but then she didn't quite have it in stage two. 
ask her how this race is going and ask her how the recovery from that concussion has gone because these injuries are not the same as a physical injury and it does take a really long time for a rider to come back from from a bad concussion and Guarnier has definitely struggled over the last two three months to uh to pull out of that injury yeah not just with like cycling but with life in general I mean this is a really interesting interview just about what it's like to come back from a head injury oh let's listen I'm Megan Guarnier, and we're here at stage three of Tour of California. And I just found out that we've been saying your last name wrong for a long time. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about my name. You can say it many different ways, and, and I accept it. <laughs> we'll, we'll apply that to the first name, too. Megan. 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 So uh, you are returning from a head injury. Uh, this is sort of your first race where you're trying to win back. Um, well, I did the Ardennes Classics with the team, and then I went to Luxembourg, which was three days as well. So um, those were my first, I, I have to say, those were a little bit of a shock to the system being back in uh, Amstel Gold. It's my first race back after being off the bike for four, four to five weeks. Because it was at Hagelon, right, that you hit your head? Correct. Yeah. How exactly did that happen? Let's start there. Yeah, um, it started to, re- the, the race really started to pick up. We were, attacks were flying, and I was kind of at the front, and it was a false flat downhill, and uh, a rider lost their lost their handlebars over a bump and we were going like well over 50k an hour and then she ended up on her top tube and then straight into my front wheel so I went down and it that wasn't even the bad part like somehow in that process I got turned around and got completely nailed in the head by somebody coming at me there was at least a full week of not being able to do anything after after strata um and then um then it was just easy peasy trainer time which is mind numbing so i think that i think that most people are somewhat familiar with returning from physical injury uh you know broken bones and and torn ligaments and things like that but returning from head injuries is a little bit more complicated sounds like talk to us about some of the things that you went through in the weeks following your head injury and and sort of coming around those 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 issues yeah, the tough thing about head injuries is there's no uh, timeline on, on the recovery. You don't have an answer whether you're going to be back to normal in a week, in two weeks, in a month, or if my season was done. Um, and, and that's the thing that you that I really struggle with. I'm sure everybody with a head injury struggles with because there is no nobody can give you an answer. And, and you wake up every morning and you're, you're hoping that today's a little bit better. And uh, it's really frustrating when today isn't better. And uh, the, the day-to-day... Yeah, you, for me, it would take me an entire week to accomplish the things I normally accomplish in a day. Um, things just overwhelming, get headaches? What's it like? Yeah, uh, you, I would get massive headaches at, at points. I would, um, I would be doing something and I would either forget what I was doing. I would um, just be standing, doing something with my hands and the, I would just drop things and um, I would trip. And those were like the real, real things that were like, okay, you need to go lay down because I would try to push it. And since the headache was always there, I, I just, you kind of calibrate yourself to it and, and learn how to deal with it. But then um, it was those external cues that, okay, now Megan, it's time you need to go stop. And, and everybody kept saying you need to build and breaks into your day. But of course I'm an athlete, so I'm going to keep pushing it. Do you think you push it a little hard? For sure. Uh, starting Strada Bianca was was pushing it too hard. Um, I, I I knew it was a, a not. I knew it was kind of iffy whether I should start or not. But you put me at my favorite race, at the first World Tour, 
and I love to race, so of course I'm going to try. And uh, that was that was rough. So Megan, this is really interesting because, like, this head injury is in your wheelhouse. You are a neuroscience major. You you studied neurosurgery yeah. and neurosciences. Um, did it? Did this head injury? I mean, were you were you reading about this? Were you thinking back to what you've studied? Like. How did you use the knowledge that you have acquired around this topic and your curiosity for this topic to, um, to, to kind of work through it? Yeah, uh, initially I didn't yeah. because I didn't want to. I didn't want to apply that to me. I didn't want to apply the, the rules and that you have to take time off and you have to let it recover because, um, it, yeah, that's my, the, the, it's my sample size of one. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I tried to ignore it, um, but when when I actually yeah did start to take it seriously, my eye wasn't tracking. My I had lost tone in my face. It's like these kind of things. And then when when somebody can objectively show you these things, then you're like, oh yeah, this is really bad. And uh, and 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 then you start to apply the science a little more once you you can make it more objective. Because when it's my own experience, I'm always going to try to push through it. You were saying before we turned the recorder on that uh, as you came through the recovery process, you would look back a couple weeks. You know, at the time you thought you were right, and you look back a couple weeks and you realize that you really weren't. Is the, is it in the back of your head still that a month from now you're going to look at today and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been racing the Tour of California? Um, I hope not. Uh, but, yeah, even even looking when I, when I see my progression, um, the head injury, it becomes your new normal. I think after dealing with anything for a week or two weeks, you, you start to calibrate and adjust yourself to that lifestyle. Um, but yeah, just when you can put yourselves in the same situation and be, with, with a time gap between and you, and you can remember how you felt, yeah, you stand there and you're like, wow, I was really not right. I, I, my head was really bad and I, and I felt horrible and my energy was low and um, yeah. Advice for anyone who whacks their head uh, in a bicycle race or elsewhere? I mean, now that you've been through this, well, you were saying a couple times, but this is sort of the worst one. I would say get to a doctor and take it seriously and don't get on your bike un- until the headache is really, don't push it until the headache is gone. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the only real thing you can um, use as a measurement for the headache or whether it's vision problems um make sure that your symptoms are gone before you actually start to take up the intensity and and that's that's where i messed it up initially the question i have is okay you're here at the tour of california you've been racing in europe the team has been racing in europe now you're racing against some teams that you haven't seen for a while it's kind of different terrain could you talk about the challenge of you know racing against like uhc which you don't see on a week-to-week basis or some of the the domestic teams What, what have you seen from them so far yeah, I guess I, being an American, I have a little more of an idea what's going on. It's the, the difficulty in um, imparting all, all of that knowledge to my five teammates um, it, as, the race is, as the race is happening um, because they don't know most of the racers here, and um, that, that's, that's the challenge. And, and, and to see, it is, it's nice for me to see the team tactics of the, of the American teams. Um, but I, I love being here with my, my teammates and, and racing our bikes. How different is it really? I mean, the, obviously the roads are wider, uh, your altitude for a lot of this race. Does it feel like a disadvantage for a European team, even though you're an American rider for a European team to come back here and, and race in the US? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I guess I've, I've never thought of it as a disadvantage. Um, 
altitude is a disadvantage, but it's a disadvantage for everyone. Um, it's, it's, that's definitely an element that we, we don't usually race at, and it makes it really difficult in, in those couple days. And how each individual adjusts to the altitude is also um, another element. Uh, and I lost the first part of that question. Sorry. It's, I hit my head. <laughs> I, think that, uh, I, think, I think that wraps it up perfectly. I think that nice, perfect circle for us there. Thank you, Megan. Uh, we will see you at the finish line today. Thank you. You know, what's going on in the action right now? It sounds like it's windy, it's flat. Uh, we're Like I said, we're midway through the stage, and um, there's some groups out on the road. Um, I think, you know, how do we see this, how do we see this playing out? Like... We have a stage and a half left, including a criterium. There are time bonuses on the road. Anna van der Breggen, KG Racer, Bulls Dolmets, great team. How do we see this race, uh, this race playing out, Kaylee? Well, I mean, as we heard in the in the brief Katie Hall interview earlier in the podcast, you know, <laughs> basically, well, all she can do is follow Anna around. Right. I mean, there are, there are things her team can do. Her team is definitely going to try to pick up as many of those sprint bonuses as they possibly can, and they have some strong sprinters that can do that. Uh, Anna Vanderbregen is not a particularly amazing sprinter in her own right, anyway. So it sounds like Katie Hall is just going to basically be shadowing her for the next stage and a half. Um, I think that it's still going to be tricky for her to hang on to those three seconds. It's only three seconds. Anna only needs to get, like I said, like one time bonus that's it uh and she and she takes that yellow jersey so i would say 50 50 shot of katie hall coming into the finish uh on sunday with that leader's jersey still on her back pretty lukewarm take there buddy (laughs) 60 40 okay there we go 70 30 i like it all right she's doing it fine fine fred (laughs) katie hall she's going to uh she's going to defend I don't think that Anna is like quite it. enough yeah. of a sprinter to take those seconds. And I, and I, the bigger deal here, is I think that UHC is strong enough mm. that they can pick up the seconds so that Anna can't. Well, I think the really interesting thing is the difference between UHC and Bulls and their tactics. So Bulls is a great team for windy days like today. So um, they're going to be trying to split the field, catching Katie and UHC out so that they can put some time into her. But UHC is a really good um, squad when it comes to lead outs and and crit racing. They they spend a lot more time in the U.S. doing crits. Um, Europeans don't really ever do crits within a stage race. So that's kind of a new experience for them. So as long as, you know... nothing happens in in the wind today i think katie can hold on to it because uhc can control the field through the you know through the fast finishes and um they're also going to have another american corinne rivera um kind of helping uhc in a way because corinne's going to be going for some of these sprint finishes trying to win in her home state so if corinne can win that's that's great for everybody on uhc and sunweb so i think I think Katie can hold on to it as long as they make it through this first um, first half of the the race today in, in the wind. I'm with you. I think it really comes down to today. You know, the crit, anything can happen, but chances are that's going to stay together. I'm going the total different direction, though. I think Bulls is a hit squad. Um, you, like you said, Kristen, they know how to ride in the wind. They know how to force echelons. And Katie Hall, she is a really great climber. But she's fairly new to the sport. You know, we talked to um, Rachel Hill. She's been racing for, I think, four years now, four or five years. And on, you know, that level of experience comes into play 
in flat stages. You know, it's no, it's one thing to put some, put two racers at the bottom of the hill and say whoever's strongest gets to the top first, but like a day like today, experience, team tactics, caginess comes down to it. So I think I think Anna Van der Bregen and Bulls Domas they just sharpen their knives, and when the time's right, they just stab UHC and just the the time hemorrhaging, the bleeding begins. Well, and that would be sort of a return to normal. I mean, really, I think that UHC upsetting bulls in this race would actually be pretty astounding. So That's K- what I want to see. Yeah. I would like to see Katie Hall win. If Katie Hall does end up pulling this off, it'll be a fantastic, fantastic win. I mean, for Hall herself, for her team, and also just for, you know, kind of the U.S. domestic peloton, yep. honestly. Yep. Just proving that they can really... They can, they can hang when the big Euros show up. Yeah, I mean, that used to be the great storyline of the men's Amgen Tour of California, which was always like, oh, these like the plucky domestic team versus the World Tour squads. We don't get that anymore because the race is World Tour and we only have two continental domestic teams now. So the women's race now is kind of, it's taken on that dynamic, which is cool to see. So uh, before, we, before we bid adieu, to go watch what happens in this race. We're in America, Fred. You can say bye. Before we say goodbye to you, American. Although it is run by the ASL. You smell like a pig, you American. Um, We we need to check in with fan favorite, Katarina Nash, mountain biker, cyclocross racer. Just, you know, been at it for a long time. We're all huge fans of her. And she is here racing on Team Illuminate. And I caught up with her to talk about just why she's doing this, um, why she's rocking the mountain bike pedals, <laughs> and what you know where she feels like she's strong and weak compared to these road racers. So let's have a listen from Katarina. Katarina Nash, Team Illuminate. So Katarina, you are a mountain biker and a cyclocrosser, and you are here at a road race. What are the challenges posed by road racing for someone <laughs> of your skill set? It's definitely the pack riding, you know. I, I mean, I do group rides, but riding with 100 girls out there, uh, I was pretty t- intimidated the first day. Uh, but I'm getting, like, better, better, more comfortable. And, you know, but I, I love the idea of pack riding because you also, like, hide and you get this awesome training. <laughs> and so, uh, so I think that w- that's been, like, the biggest challenge is kind of get comfortable in that pack. Why, why'd you do it? Why did you step into the, the road scene for this week? You know, the opportunity came up. I definitely watched the race a couple times go through Lake Tahoe, and I, you know, I watched the men's race a few times in the foothills, whatnot. Um, and, you know, I was like, this is so cool. It's right here. It would be fun to jump into it. And so the opportunity came up with Team Illuminate, and uh, I, I didn't hesitate. You know, it's like, yes, I'll be home that weekend. It's going to be awesome training. It'll be fun to ride around the lake with road closed and to traffic and that never happens you know so yeah yeah so you live up in Truckee which is very close to Tahoe and so I mean were you like racing on some of your familiar climbs these were kind of like home roads for you then pretty much yeah yeah I mean I I gotta say I ride trails more often around Lake Tahoe but uh, in that area than the roads but you know like being a being a mountain biker, you spend tons and tons of miles on your road bike, you know, summer, winter, fall, you know, it's just, it's just what we do. So it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it was, it was exciting to think about, like, I get to race these roads rather than just ride and fight the traffic and kind of that sort of stuff. So. so I'm looking at your setup here. It looks like a very traditional road bike setup, except I'm seeing some uh, mountain bike, Shimano mountain bike pedals, mountain bike cleats. Oh, wait, no, these are Crank Brothers, rather. These are Crank Brothers mountain bike pedals and Crank Brothers mountain bike 
Cleats, um, I'm, so do you, do you get any pushback? Is anyone like saying that those are funny looking road bike pedals? I've never seen those before. No, I, I haven't got heckled yet. <laughs> but you guys are making a big deal out of it in the media. I don't know. It's just same pedals, you know. Who cares? They work. <laughs> uh, so then what are your goals then for this week other than having a, uh, you know, get some good miles in the legs? What are your personal goals? Our personal goals was just to kind of, you know, not... I didn't know what to like expect, so it's it's kind of nice to enter a van without like, you know, I don't, I'm not chasing this or that. I just wanted to do well, and I had no idea how I would ride against the world's best cyclist. And it's been it's been awesome to just you know get to play with them. But yeah, I don't have big holes. I just want to uh, goals. I just want to like survive and do my best and. And learn, you know, there's lots to learn. We, we do it very differently on the dirt. So it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome, you know, watching road racing on the TV and listening about the tactics. So it's kind of, I think it'll be fun next couple of days because the GC is so tight. And so I think things will be happening and it'll be cool to see that. From a physiological perspective, where do you feel like you're stronger than some of the women? And where do you feel like you're, you know, you, you don't have the same type of uh, physiology than, than, than them? <laughs> I think these next couple of days will be more challenging for me is definitely that kind of uh, flat, windy stuff that, you know, I ride, but I ride by myself. And um, I, I think the climbing days up in the mountains were definitely more exciting for me. And uh, But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to tell because the peloton also has such big variety. You know, we see the pure climbers, but now we're getting into the flat stages, and I'm I'm sure it's gonna get a little bit shuffled up, and the sprinters will come through. So it's uh, like I said, it's it's kind of exciting to watch it from the peloton. You know, what's what's happening and who's moving where and what are people doing and trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> My, my advice for these flat stages, just just go off the front and ride as hard as you can, and you should be fine. Sounds good. Thanks for the tip, Fred. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in to this very special Vel News podcast powered by Breakaway from Gingivitis, powered by uh, PBR here at the Amgen Tour California. We appreciate you listening to the Vel News podcast at the Tour of California. Um, just a little heads up, we're going to be doing some special podcasts this entire week. Kaylee, what's our full schedule right now? Well, I think we're going to have a regular Vela News podcast on Tuesday, just like we normally do. Uh, and then we're looking to bring you a couple special, super-duper special episodes throughout the week, uh, both on the race itself and some of the interesting characters that have found themselves here. Oh, yeah, a lot of interviews, a lot of takes, a lot of PBRs in our systems when we're podcasting. Oh, yes. Uh, we're also going to be taking Ask a Cat 3 on the road Ooh, this week. Yes. So if you uh, are at the Tour of California, you're a fan of the Tour of California, and you are a Cat 3, and you see us yell something, we'll come over. We might ask you uh, for your thoughts on the bicycle race. Or Cat 4. Hey, if nope. You're, nope. No, just Cat 3s. Nope, just Cat 3s. Okay. Cat 3s only. Yeah. Uh, well, for Kristen Legan and Kaylee Fretz, I'm Fred Dreyer. Thanks for tuning in. We would love your feedback on what we talked about today. You can email us at webletters at competitorgroup.com. We'll also post links to the stories we talked about today on velonews.com. Subscribe to the Velonews podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And while you are there, please leave us a comment and a rating. Become a fan of Velonews on facebook.com 
at facebook.com slash Magazine and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash News. The Vela News podcast is produced by Vela News, which is owned by the competitor group. Thoughts and opinions expressed on the Vela News podcast are those of the individual, as always. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, we leave you this week with the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout playing the Bernard Purdy, class- the Purdy classic Soul Drums. Soul Drums! Oh,